Welcome to the Epiphany Movement podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series, Chain Breakers. I grew up in a small town similar to Vaughn. Well, there was this house down the street, probably, I don't know, five or six houses. It was a larger house, but I would not say that it was like an Annabella mansion. It was just, it was larger than, than most houses, but nobody ever went there because specifically uh, we were all scared to go there because nobody had lived in it in several years and there was supposedly a spirit that lived there. And so I, I, I never went, but my brother and a bunch of his friends, the one, the, not Drew, but my other younger brother, um, Ty, he decided, well, well I want to go there one day. And so he did. This is a true story. Him and his friends went there. And when they got back to the house, they were petrified. I mean, they was like, I'm telling you, man, a spirit is living in the house. I came back and I got handprints, man. Like, like I don't even know how they got there, man. I'm like, all right, you, I can tell you are scared. And he said, dude, don't go there. Well, what do I do? I decide that I'm going, right? And so I, in that time, have one of those, do you remember those, like, green cameras? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but you had to, like, scroll them to the right in order to take a picture. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that's what I used to have, and I would, I would carry it where I would go. And so I decided that one day I wanted to go in here, and I just wanted, like, to, to, to photograph this house. And so it was kind of late, later on, I guess, in the evening when I went, and I ended up staying for a while. And I just got to walking around and taking a couple of different pictures. And I heard, I heard a, a noise, and I thought it was really scary. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm getting out of here. And then, um, this is where the joke starts, because, like, half of it really is true. But then, uh, <laughs> this is all jokes, okay? So then, I was walking, I heard this noise, and I was like, what is going on? And so I grabbed my camera, and I was like, uh, if you're, anybody's there, just just tell me, and, 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 and I'm just come to take a picture of you. And the ghost said, or the spirit said, I'm here, and if you're going to take a picture of me, I think that'd be cool. I've never had my picture taken before, and I, and I love, I would love to have my picture taken. Maybe you could put me in a magazine, something like this. And so I said, absolutely. So I start doing this and clicking and doing this and clicking and doing this and clicking. But back in those days, you had to have them, like, developed. Like, you just couldn't see them on your phone. You had to have them developed. So anyways, went into the, the, to the department store, and when I got them developed, I realized that the flash didn't go off. And so I could not see anything in the pictures. Just dark, black, nothing. I could not see anything. And so I told my pastor this story, and he said, well, you know what this reminds me of, don't you? <laughs> he said, the spirit was willing, but the flash was weak. So that's my joke, all right? And I think it's way better than the, the, the skull, okay? But anyways, uh, so today, as a Halloween special, what we're going to talk about is a little bit different than maybe what we've talked about before, but it's gonna, we're going to talk about Satan, we're going to talk about demons, we're going to talk about spirits, we're going to talk about things like this. And by the way, just a random question, do you know uh, how Halloween got started? Do you know why we celebrate Halloween? Actually, it was about 1519, October the 31st, and there's a guy by the name of Martin Luther. Maybe you've never heard this story. And Martin Luther was the dude that was, quote-unquote, started the, the, the Protestant Reformation. So what he did is he had 95 theses that he wrote on a, on a big scroll. He got through writing, and he went up to a huge door at that time around the, one of the largest churches, and he just simply hung them on a nail. And so there it sat. 
And everybody would go read the theses. And it said that, by the way, you ask, like, what is the Protestant Reformation? It is what it kind of says it is. It's a, so Protestant isn't a denomination. It's a thought life. It's a thought Protestant or a thought, um, a way of thinking that many denominations fall under. So, for example, like Baptist would be Protestant, uh, Methodist, um, um, Pentecostal a little bit, but they're more charismatic. Uh, different denominations would fall under the Protestant. In the same way, the, what was on the opposite side of that was called the Catholic. And so you had Christians in the Protestant, you had Christians in the Catholic. The Catholics and the Protestants had a, di- a different viewpoint on a couple of different things. And so Catholics, the same thing. It's not a denomination there necessarily. Or it wasn't even then. It was a way of thinking. And under that, you had different denominations. For example, the Roman Catholic denomination falls under, under that, of course. Um, Eastern Orthodox, uh, what would be an, an Anglican, um, these would fall under that. So what we have, one being a very high church, meaning they have like, like you know, this is, this is dress for me, by the way. You know, like if I wear a suit, you're like, man, something special has happened today. And he's dressed in a suit. That's because we're uh, more of a low church, like, right? Um, the Catholic, the uh, Orthodox, the, the, the Anglican, be more of a high church, have robes, things like this, right? So what happened is, is that, when he nailed those in 1519, October the 31st, the Catholics got really mad. And what they said is that on the day that he did that, all the spirits of hell came out of the deep pit and those started to like go into different places. And so not only was it spirits, but it was demons, it was Satan himself. And that's why we celebrate Halloween. Did you know that? So we celebrate Halloween because of um, I guess because on October 31st we had the nailing of the, the, the 95 Theses and then the, the conclusion was, well, I guess all the demons have just come out of the earth. That's why we dress up as like, I don't know, um, people with, people with uh, no guts and nobody to love and letting things get under our skin and whatnot. But that's why we celebrate Halloween. But to ask the question, what about demons? What about Satan? What about all this? Go with me to, to Matthew or to, um, to Mark chapter 5. And we're going to go in verse 1. Mark chapter 5, we're going to go in verse 1. Um, we actually have it on the screen today. So if you don't have your Bibles, you can look up on the screen. We have all the verses on there. We're going to be in a lot of different verses today, so hang on with me. I'm going to be preaching or teaching more or less today out of this Bible. It's a little bit different Bible. I don't normally teach out of it, but it has a lot of, of these in it. And all this is, is um, it's, 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 Different things that I just kind of marked. Some about anxiety, some about encouragement, some about God promises, some about love, forgiveness, personal favorites, things like this. But I also made two for anybody in here. So if you want, I have a uh, Bible. It's a girl's Bible. It has all the little things as well. But if you know somebody who wants this and you want to give them a present, if you want to give them a Bible, if you think that they can need some encouragement, uh, or maybe just a way to kind of flip through the Bible fast. I think that would be a very good present if you want to do that. And I did it for you so that you could do that. So anyways, if you want, there's one boy one, and then we have one girl one. It's the Jesus Bible. It's the NIV translation. And so I'm going to leave these right here if you want these after the service. But turn with me to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to be in verse 1. It goes something like this. So they arrived at the other side of the lake, in the region of the Garcians. Now, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out 
from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Now, why do I talk about this? Because a lot of times people will talk about demons in the Bible, and maybe like, I don't know, 10, 20% of people believe out there that there are no such thing as demons. There's no such thing as evil spirits. People just didn't know what epileptic seizures were. But now that we know what epileptic seizures were, we know that like demons actually did not possess people in the Bible. And I would say, that's not true. That's not true. And how do I do that? How do I know that? Because of this verse right here. Uh, what does it say, by the way? Can you go um, back to the previous one? It says, um, what, what all happened? It said, A, uh, he came out of the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the burial caves. He could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. And so, Caesar's not going to let you break a chain. I mean, if that would happen, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, what, what does the next thing say? It says, uh, let's see, let's see. I know it says later on, it says that they scream. Go to the next slide there, Griff, if you don't mind. Uh, shackles, he would often snap, snap the chains. No one was strong enough to subdue him day and night. He wandered among the barrel caves and the hills. He would howl, and then he would cut himself with sharp stones. And so this isn't epileptic seizures like a lot of people want to say. It's definitely uh, something a demon has possessed him with what the Bible will say. Also, after this, Jesus asked the guy, and we won't read this, but Jesus asked the guy, like, what's your name, bro? And they look back at him, and he says, Legion, for there are many of us. And the demons come out of the guy, and they go into a herd of pigs, and they, like, fall over this hill, and they all die. And so that's just to say that, I guess that's just to disprove the whole epileptic seizure theory, because a lot of times it says in a Bible, a demon would throw people into convulsions. Um, and that is true. It would, and sometimes it would throw them into the fire. But it also make, makes people do a lot more stuff than just that. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this, okay? I, a lot of times, Christians have this question. Um, can I be taken by a demon? Can I be possessed by a demon? That would be a good question that we want to answer. Can I even be possessed by a demon? I don't think so. I don't think so. Here's why. It's because, look at this Bible verse right here. We talked about last Wednesday. It says this. It's from 1 Corinthians 3.16, I believe, and it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? So, A, you have the Spirit of God living in you. When you become a Christian, you may not have a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, meaning that you may not like start speaking in tongues or prophesying or, or things like this, but when you are saved, you do have the Holy Spirit come into you. Um, and so... It makes sense, at least to me. And the reason this is a hard question is because the Bible doesn't say one way or another. But it makes sense, at least, that if the Holy Spirit is living inside you, that another spirit's not going to come in and kick that spirit out. Does that make sense, Mr. Donnie? I see you nod. Yeah, okay. It makes sense that that spirit's not going to come in just like, hey, look, you've got to get out of here. Another uh, like scripture that I see right here that makes sense, Go if you would, go to the next one. It comes from John 10, chapter 28. It says this, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. No one can snatch them 
from my Father's hand. So that's why I tend to think that, look, Christians cannot be taken, overtaken by demons. Um, there are actually two examples that are di- that kind of go against that, or the, which are difficult to explain. I'll get to them later, but first let me ask this. Let me ask this. Um, have, you, have you ever heard that a third of the demons fell from heaven with Satan? Have you ever heard that? A third of the demons fell from heaven. Raise your hand if you've heard that. A third of the demons fell from heaven with Satan. It's taught a lot, but does anybody think, is it biblical or not? Is it biblical or not, or is it tradition? Actually, it's not in the Bible. Isn't that crazy? Because I always thought it was, but it's actually not. I got to study, and I was like, this isn't in the Bible. It comes from Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. And here's what Revelation 12, 4 says. It says, His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and He threw them to earth. And what is the idea is that stars is actually representing demons or fallen angels in this idea. And why do you get this impression? Because in a couple of uh, chapters before this, it says that the star represents the seven churches the angels of the seven churches that I will write to, and that's in Revelation chapter 1. And so they take it all the way to verse 12, that same representation says, well, stars still mean fallen angels, or still means angels. And so that's where they get that. And um, go to the next verse, if you would. Um, Verse 7 through 9, it says this, Then there was a war in heaven. It's still talking about demons and archangels and things, stuff like that. It says this, Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Now, who is the dragon? Does anybody know who the dragon is? Keep on reading. We're going to find out. The dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown into the earth. He and all of his what? He and all of his angels. And so we don't know how many angels fell. We don't know for sure. But we do know that Satan did fall, and with him he carried angels with him. Now what if, what if you was to see an angel today? Would you be able to tell the difference between that and a demon? That's a good question, isn't it? Like what if one was to just show up right there and was like, are you an angel or are you a demon? We don't know. Are you fine? Why? Because they actually would look a lot like, because the fallen angels and the angels, they're the, they were made of the same makeup. Some fell, some didn't, but still we have an angel. I'll show you where this comes from. Look at this. I believe this comes from um, the next verse there, Griff. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. it says this. Even Satan, what does he do? What does he do? He disguises himself as an angel of, of light. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so I would say it would kind of be a little bit dif- difficult to tell. Go to the next verse if you, uh, if you don't mind. Um, uh, we'll get to there later. So maybe it would be a little bit difficult to even determine what if we saw it. Here's how I'd say you would know the difference. It would be because what would they be saying? What would they be saying? What would they be tempting? What would they be asking? That's how you tell the difference. That's how you would tell the difference in your life. But I, I put this verse up here because, because there's one thing that we cannot get around when we're talking about demons, and that is this, okay? Um, where does temptation come from? That's a very deep question. That's a very deep question. Where does temptation come from? And the reason I ask this is because does temptation come from demons? Does temptation come from Satan? Or does temptation come from ourselves? 
All right? There are about six names we have in Scripture for Satan. We have the dragon. We have Satan. We have another name called Lucifer. We have the deceiver. We have the tempter. Does anybody know the last one? The devil. Yeah, who said that? Who said that? I don't know. Yeah, very good, Mr. Yeah, very good, Mr. Jim. And so those are the six, primarily the biggest six names. There are a few more. Those are the main six that we see. And so here's what it says right here. James 1, 14, 15 says, where does temptation come from? Temptation comes from our own, what? Evil desires which entice us and drag us away. So that's what James says. Temptation, where does it come from? It, it comes from here. But Matthew 4, verse 3 says this, that temptation during that time, the tempter. Who was the tempter? Uh, we don't know. But the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell those stones to become loaves of bread. And then it ends up saying, who is the tempter? It actually says his name. That is the devil. And so he has this conversation with the devil. So is, is the devil the tempter, or does temptation come from my own evil desires? Well, let's skip over to another verse, 1 Thessalonians 3.5, and it says this, I was afraid that who? That the tempter had gotten the best of you, that our work had been useless. And so the question then becomes, well, is Satan a tempter or does temptation come from our own evil desires like James tells us? And here's how you answer that because it looks like a contradiction, but it's really not. I don't think it is. Here's how I would answer it. I would say that temptation is made possible. Temptation is made possible through Satan, but it thrives through us. Temptation is made possible through Satan, but it thrives to us. Uh, Mr. Bill, uh, Mr. Bill, you make one of the best hogs I've ever tasted in my life. I mean, that thing is phenomenal, right? But let's just give an example, okay? You would never do this, but let's just give an example, okay? Let's say you accidentally, I don't know, burned your hog, you know, one day. You got the fire too hot, and you open that bad boy up, and you had spent that money and all that time trying to cook this wonderful dish, and it is wonderful and amazing. And you cook it, but you get there, and it's burnt. And so you're going to like maybe place your hand on the pig or maybe on the fire to see if the coals have died out. And you do, and it's just steaming hot. And you just burned your hand. Now the thing is, your, your hog is burnt. Now your hand is like blistering and bubbling up. In that moment, you may have a temptation that rises up in you that wants to be like, ah, bad word. You probably wouldn't, but you may. That may be a possibility, okay, maybe. Uh, Mr. Bill Gully, uh, uh, let's say that you're working, right? And when you're working, you see somebody um, that, as you're working really hard, you see somebody over there just texting and playing on Facebook on their phone. In that moment, it may be a temptation that rises up in you, maybe, maybe not, that says, that maybe, like, wants to think something bad about them, right? Like, oh, you know, uh, uh, I'll give you an example of me. I'm not going to pick on anybody else. Um, I'll pick on you later, Jeremy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so I was in traffic the other day. And my car gave out, <laughs> and um, I was in the middle of Madison. I didn't even tell you about this, Kat, um, but I was in the middle of Madison, and I was driving the truck, and you know how, like, it, like, the battery kept going dead sometimes, and, like, I don't know. And so the battery went dead, and I was, like, in the middle of the traffic. And this woman, so kindly, pulled up to me, and instead of asking me if I needed some help or how I was, she just started hurling, like, these bad words at me, <laughs> like, blah, 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 and then she rolled it out, and then she, like, zoomed off, but when she zoomed off, she, like, gave me, like, the double, the double bird. I've never been given the double bird before, I mean, one's bad enough, but, I mean, you're both, like, what are you driving, you know, are you driving with your mind or something, I don't know, and so I was like, huh, and so I wanted, what did I want to do, I wanted to just, like, you know, 
hung my horn at her and just like yell out my window like that's so mean like you can help me you know but um it, my, my my battery is dead so my horn didn't honk so it was fine but i tried you know so where does temptation come from in all three of those examples it comes from our own our own self right it comes from our own evil desires which rise up in us why because we have an evil nature but the question then is well why do we have an evil nature and i would say well that is because of satan that is because of Satan. When God made us, he made us all what? He said that it is good. Did he say it is good? He did not. What did he say? He said it is what good? It is very good. It is very good. So when God made us, he made us how? He made us pure. He made us whole. But, when Sa- but Satan has made it, given us temptation, and we have a free will, by the way, to what? Now we can choose to sin. We can choose to what? We can choose to follow God. And so I'll say temptation is made possible through satan is made possible through satan but it's thrives or made probable by our own evil desire does that make a little bit more sense does that make a little bit more sense okay um we talked a little bit at the beginning about can a demon enter a person um can a demon enter a person and i said i don't think so the verse that it's difficult to do. Do you remember when Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan? Okay, do you remember when he said, get behind me, Satan? Um, that's a tough verse. That's a tough verse to reconcile. Here's how I would reconcile it. I would say that Peter did not have the Holy Spirit at that point. I would say that the Holy Spirit did not come until Acts chapter 2, and during that time, Peter had not received the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's how I would reconcile that. Secondly, I would say this, what, what do we as Christians, how do we need to guard from temptations? How do we need to um, guard from the devil? Uh, go with me to, to, to Acts chapter, I believe it's 5, yeah, 5-3, five, and here's what it says. It says, then Peter said to Ananias, now who is Ananias? Ananias, had a, it was him and he had a wife, Sapphira. And they sold, they had a piece of land, about 80 acres there. And they sold all their, all their land, and they said that they was going to give all the money to, to the disciples. And so he hands the money to Peter, but guess what? He kept a little bit back. Maybe he got a good bargain or something like that, and he didn't think Peter would know the difference. And he kept some from himself. And Peter finds out about it, and so this is what he said. Then Peter said, Ananias, do you, do you see where we're going with this? Why have you let Satan fill your heart okay why have you let satan fill your heart here's what i do think we need to be on the watch for satan or demons or anything of this nature um though i don't think that they can take possession of us i think that they can um fill our hearts well so what do what, what do i mean like that if we harbor hatred um let me give you this example okay let me give you let me let me give you this example have y'all ever seen the cartoons with, like, the little demon on one shoulder and, like, the little Christian thing on one shoulder? I feel like that's my life a pretty good bit of the time. And so, like, maybe I'm running through life. And um, I got really mad at my brother the other day. Not Top, my other brother. And, and I love Drew. Like, I, I, I absolutely love Drew. Um, but it, I, one, one the other day, I got kind of mad at him. And I was, like, sitting there, like, fuming, and I was talking to Kat about it. And, um, and so then she's, she's a lovely. And do you know the scripture that she quotes to me? She, she says, um, she says, uh, what's it called? You cannot, 
If you say that you believe in Jesus, but you hate your brother, you are a liar, and the truth is not in you. And I'm like, my own wife's coming scripture at me, like, what's going on? And this wasn't the other day. It was actually like, a, it, was a, it, was, it was a while ago. But anyways, and so I had on one shoulder, knowing what I should do, I should forgive, I should move on. And on one shoulder, I had like harbored anger inside, right? And that's the way it is, I believe, with Satan and with temptation with demons or with Satan just himself, is that a lot of times that we can harbor hate in our own lives and in that way, what are we allowing Satan to do? It says that we give Satan a what? If I crack this door open, I put my foot, what are we giving? What do I have? I have a foothold. And what does the Bible say about that? It says don't even allow a foothold for Satan. Don't even allow a foothold for Satan. And Jesus is speaking to believers when he says that. And so I would say the same thing for you. Don't, in your life, and when it's that context is in, the idea about forgiving before you go to bed, um, I would say don't let even the slightest bit of temptation come into your life if you can help it. Pray against it. What did Jesus pray? He said, deliver us from temptation and what? Keep us from the evil one. So last question that we're going to ask uh, is this. Um, what is the difference then between Satan and demons? Because there is a difference. Well, the difference is this, is that there are three archangels in the Bible. Michael, Gabriel, and do you know the last one's name? It starts with the L, Lucifer. Yes, those are three archangels. So Satan is a fallen angel, but he's a fallen archangel. All the other fallen angels are just simply angels. Okay, I say like simply angels. They are angels, not archangels. And so however many they are, we do know that the, they're not on the same level as let's say Satan would be himself. Um, last thing I want to say about different angels, or I mean different demons is this. Um, so, so Daniel's praying one night. It's in the Bible. Daniel's praying one night, and as Daniel was praying, he prays and Michael comes to answer him in prayer. And do you know what Michael says? Michael says, I have just got through in a battle. And do you know who I had to fight in my battle? I had to fight the, the angel, the prince, he calls it, the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia. The prince of Persia. So demons actually have dominions and like certain maybe cities or states or places that they rule over and this is just stri strictly from scripture and so maybe it's like a new orleans or a california somewhere where where sin or vice thrives a lot of times scripture speaks to this saying hey look demons are actually over this because what we don't fight against flesh and blood but against what the unseen world, spirits, principalities, rulers of the what? Unseen world. And so there are rulers ruling over some of the cities that, that are in the United States all around the world, some of the territories that are all around the world that we don't see, but there really are rulers that are ruling over them, not godly rulers, but what? Demonic rulers, fallen angels who are over those. And so we need to pray. We need to pray for Michael because in this case, as Daniel prays, what happens? His prayer is answered. Now, let me tell you this one experience that I've had with a demon, or like I'll just tell you the story, and this is the way the way we'll end it. Um, 
used to, I was at a church. It was called Crossgates Baptist Church. I would go there all the time because of my grandma. I worked with my grandma in the summer, and as I would live, in, it was in Brandon, Mississippi. As I lived in Brandon, Mississippi, I would just do all kind of weird jobs, outs and ends, do people's, I don't know. I would make people's flower beds up, Mr. Bill. It was awful. And so, but I did it. I made money. But in the summers, I would go to Crossgates Baptist Church. And so I remember one day, this demonic woman came in the church and she looked at their pastor, his name is David Jett, and he looked at David and said, look, David, there is a demon, and it is telling me that it wants, to, it wants me to kill you. And that's, that's, that's what needs to happen. And so David decides to get him, and I think two or three of the elders in the church, and they all go and they pray over this, this, this girl. And like one demon leaves and two demons leave, and they, it's been three or four hours in this girl, and they finally find out that this girl is demon-possessed, but it has more demons in her. And so they said, look, we're going to take a lunch break, and then we're going to come back here at about 5 o'clock. And so they do that. And as they all go out, get lunch, and they come back, they all gather in just a little bit of closet that they're gathering and praying. It was actually uh, upstairs in a room. And then downstairs, there was the youth room. And the youth room was always downstairs in the basement. It was this cool place. But four of the youth found out that this girl was being prayed over. And so what they do is they decide that, you know what, we are going to come a little bit early because their night service was at 6. We're going to come an hour early, and we're just going to pray for this girl that she would be healed and she would be set free of this demon. And they begin to pray, and I'll never forget it. They, they were telling me the story. I did not see it, so I'm not saying it was true. I'm just saying that as they're telling me this story, um, so as they're praying, they decide that they know that this woman, this demon-possessed, is right upstairs, like right above her. And they decide that they want to sit down, just like this, all back to back, and just start to pray. And um, I hope I don't, like, rip my suit, because uh, <laughs> I put on, you know, a couple, little bit of weight. So they're sitting like this, and then another one's like this, and the other two are like this. And they just begin to pray. And as they are praying, all sitting back to back, they look up, and they see this huge as they described it, this huge dude with like, like, he was like nine foot tall man and he had armor and everything and he was just standing there looking at, looking at us and it was four, it was four of these huge guys as they would describe them, one at, the, one at each corner. And so they're sitting there looking and I guess they all look at the same time and they see across the youth wall this demonic looking, their description was this demonic spirit come by very fast and stop and then look at them four and then it peered over and saw each of the four angels sitting there and then went through the wall and then they looked back up to see the angels and they were gone and about that moment they heard a scream and then they heard a lot of like rejoicing and praying and they knew that hey the demons had come out of this girl that was upstairs and so they, I don't know what, how the story ended, but that's pretty cool, right? Um, I say that to say demons still do possess people today. Um, demons are real today. Sp unclean spirits are real today. Satan himself is just as real today as he ever has been. And if you don't think it, you're only fooling yourself.